Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to this episode of the Full Press Raiders podcast. We are... Still in the playoffs, but the offseason has begun. Terrence Biggs with me always is the best content creator all over the nation. Ryan Holmes, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Just started breaking down some uh, some college prospects, but the, the page has flipped for the Raiders. We are not in postseason mode. We are in offseason mode, as you mentioned. Yes. Yes, sir. Now, they have 25, oh, 25, 27 pending free agents. Now, we know who the main ones are, like the big names, but I want to talk about three that people have probably let fly under the radar. Foster Moreau, Anthony Averett, and Amir Abdullah. Let's talk about Foster Moreau first. In his limited touches, not limited, but he has excelled. Do you think he warrants a second contract, or should they let him go and try to see see what else is out there? I would let him test the market. And if he doesn't have a market where a team wants to pay him as a starting tight end and he falls into that tight end two realm where he's the second tight end on a roster and, and the cost is friendly towards the Raiders, then obviously you have a conversation to bring him back if everything works out. Um, I would not pay him as a starter. I don't view him as a full-time starter. I don't view him as a guy who can win vertically down the field. He's an average blocker who is okay in the intermediate area, but by no means our team's game planning for him. He's not going to be a top 10 tight end across the league. So you have to think about that. And I, I know I'd like to keep him around, but when you start addressing all the needs on this team, backup tight end, and even if you move on from Darren Waller, I don't think Boston Moreau is a good enough player to pay as a tight end one with all the other issues they have on this roster. You, you can fill his role pretty easily. 
Now, we'll get to Waller in a little while, but the second one is Anthony Averitt, pretty much a backup corner. Could he be used as a depth guy, or are they a diamond dozen at this point? I, I don't see any possible way that Anthony Everett comes back. He he didn't show anything uh, in his time with the Raiders. He was injured a lot. He wasn't available. And when he was on the field, he wasn't very good. So I, I think that the secondary is going to get overhauled. I do not see him coming back. Even even on a one-year prove-it year deal again, I, I would look for the Raiders to go in another direction. Now, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, Amir Abdullah, who's astonishingly still only 29 years old, but kind of – Decent pass catcher, good special teams guy, has some return skills. Does he merit coming back? I think this is tied to Josh Jacobs. If the Raiders bring Jacobs back, and all indications are they're going to, I don't see Abdullah coming back. I I don't think this team can carry five running backs again. They have to figure out how to carry four. They carried five and didn't use most of them. Um, so then now you're looking at Brandon Bolden versus Amir Abdullah, maybe one roster spot. Maybe they sign a free agent, but clearly they're going to need some sort of third down back on this roster that can catch passes and, and provide special teams and some pass blocking. If they let Jacobs walk and now you're looking at white and Brown, then obviously there's a bigger need for that third down back, but those guys are pretty easy to find around the league. And if you bring Josh Jacobs back, I, I would probably lean on, maybe Britton Brown or even training Zamir White to get some of those touches. Because if Josh Jacobs comes back, they have to play those two guys in some role. Um, you can't go another year and, and, and keep those guys on the roster and not use them. Now, looking at just Josh Jacobs, we had reports coming out that Saquon Barkley wants $16 million a year. That's his hope. Now, two-part question. How realistic is that hope and – does Josh Jacobs get like 12? $16 million for a running back uh, in Saquon Barkley's case. I don't think it's realistic. I, I don't think that he is up there as far as that, that dynamic dual threat that you have. The guy's making that kind of money. Christian McCaffrey, um, Alvin Kamara, he's not that kind of receiver. He's not bad. He's in the upper you know, portion of the league as far as being able to, to be a dual threat guy, but he doesn't give you the, the home run elusiveness that those guys do out of the backfield. Uh, I'd like to see him prove it for another year. I, I think they first and foremost, they need to pay Daniel Jones. They got to get the quarterback under contract uh, before they look at Saquon Barkley. They could potentially, you know, ideally they sign Jones and then tag Barkley because then I think the tag comes in at a little over $10 million. Like ideally, if you're the Giants, that's probably what you want to do. I don't think that you can pay Jones and then pay $16 million to Saquon and then turn around and have to add multiple skill position players outside because they don't have anyone uh, as far as wide receivers or really tight ends that are threats or consistent guys that are going to win outside. Can Josh Jacobs get 12? Yeah, he can get 12. I think ideally the Raiders probably want it around 12. I don't think the Raiders are going to get into the 15, $16 million range because then you just slap the tag for 10. On, on Jacobs and you make him play on the tag. And Jacobs, I don't think, is the kind of guy that's going to sit out and, and cause a fuss over not signing long-term because he knows that running backs typically don't get those kind of deals. And with all the holes the Raiders have on the roster, you know, they they basically have him under contract for 10 if they just franchise. Now, take a quick little break from the roster and just talk about the salary cap. Now, we've seen – I'm sure you've seen on social media. I've seen it too. People who have no idea how dead cap, dead money, the salary cap works. Two-part question. 
when it's the information is right there and so readily available, why don't people just do their own research? And two, explain how something like a Lamar Jackson signing is just impossible. Like, just kill that rumor. To the Raiders? Yes. Well, well one, I, I don't think the Raiders are in a position to give up two, if not three, first-round picks to acquire him. That They don't have – the rest of the roster around Lamar Jackson is not going to be good enough to, to win and go deep in the playoffs if you don't have a first-round pick for three years and you're tying up, let's be honest, it's going to be $250 million over five or six years. So you're talking about a cap hit that's going to be in the 45 to $50 million range every season. Um, the Raiders just aren't going to be able to build around that. So I, I don't think that he is a viable option for the Raiders with where the rest of this roster is right now. So I, I don't see that happening. Uh, at all and, and kind of you know and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast like the salary cap is technically a myth like if you have enough cash you can get around it and do whatever you want but you have to have an owner that's willing to a spend all of that money and b it has to be fluid it has to be liquid to where they they have to put it in these escrow accounts the signing bonuses go into an escrow account where basically if you sign the mar jackson to a 250 fully million uh, 250 fully guaranteed contract, then the owner has to hand over a quarter of a billion dollars and put it in an escrow account when the contract's signed. Like, and then when you start doing that, and then you're adding all these other pieces you want to add, like some of these owners don't have $400 million in cash lying around that they can just do that with. Now, the I got another question of if a player is traded and they have dead cap money still remaining, where does that money go to? Yeah, we can use Hunter Renfro as an example because I know his name is being tossed around. Like, I, I'm pretty sure his contract, the cap hit, uh, is I think $13 million. If the Raiders were to trade him, they basically, pre-June 1, uh, I'm looking at it right here in front of you, if they trade Hunter Renfro, they have a dead cap of $7.3 million. Um, So he still would account for $7.3 million on the cap, even though he's not on the roster. Um, but then you would free up the, the difference, which comes up to, I think it's $5.78 million. So you would lose Hunter Renfro. You would still have to account for the $7.3 million. And then you'd have $5 million basically to go find his replacement. Now, if you think you can do that at a $5 million or less, you know, maybe you could do it for three. If you can find a slot receiver that you're comfortable with, and then that gives you $2 million roughly to work with the rest of your roster. So, But it has to make sense if you're taking on dead money. Uh, unless the player is, you know, let's look at last year, Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, you know, those kind of guys, Nick Kwiatkowski, that just weren't going to have be starters or have roles on the team. Then you just part ways with them and you bite the bullet. Um, you can spread it out. If you want to release a player instead of trade, if you just want to flat out release them, you could designate them post June 1. So you still have to carry their full salary cap number until June 1st. But then you can spread it out over two years. Um, to, to mitigate some of that first-year hit, especially if a guy has a larger number, um, like like a Chandler Jones has a huge cap number. Like if you were going to move on from him, um, you wouldn't bite the bullet over one year. You'd do it over two, and you would designate him post-June 1. Not saying that they're going to release Chandler Jones, but guys with those larger contracts usually get designated post-June 1. See, and you can, uh, only, you can to... only do it to two guys. Only two guys I, are allowed to do that with. I tried to explain it to people just in similar ways, but – it is it is futile. Now, when we come back from break, I want to talk about a couple of topics. Coaching changes, Darren Waller, and undrafted free agents from this year. But that's up to break. You're listening to the Four Press Raiders podcast on the FPC Radio Network. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back with the Full Perseverance Podcast. Terrence Biggs, Ryan Holmes. Ryan, before the break, you mentioned Darren Waller. There's been kind of talks about the, the Raiders being super aggressive about trying to rework their roster. Two-part question. Does Darren Waller get dealt or do you see a restructuring of his deal? If I was running the Raiders, I would not trade Darren Waller. Um, I think Darren Waller is a dynamic tight end when he's healthy. Uh, I realize he's third and he's missed some time, but when he's on the field, he's a tough matchup. You can't cover him with linebackers or safeties. And uh, the problem the Raiders have is they don't have anyone that can win on the the other side of the field one-on-one away from Devontae Adams. And that's what Darren Waller was able to do over the last two or three weeks when he was healthy uh, is when they rotate the safety and they want to move him over to, to Adam's side, he can win one-on-one on the backside. Matt Collins isn't doing that. Hunter Renfro can win in a short area, five to 10 yards, but he's not winning vertically. They don't have another player on this roster that can do that. Now, if you think you can go out and find that guy, whether that's a wide receiver too or another tight end, and you want to move on from Darren Waller, you can save – I think it's roughly $11 million, um, $11.38 million he could free up. I just I just don't think I would do it. Now, the Raiders might do it. If if Tom Brady comes in and he says, I want Rob Gronkowski and and um, Josh McDaniels wants to run a lot of these two tight end sets, or maybe it's just one tight end, and that tight end needs to be able to block uh, and help in the running game because that's, that's Darren Waller's deficiency. He's an adequate blocker. Um, but he's not a guy you're going to line up in line and just have him block consistently. When he's on the field, you want him running routes. So if they want to run the football and pound it next year, um, I, I could see them moving on from Waller if you get a Brady-Gronkowski combination. Then you bring back Moreau as your tight end two, or you just dra- you find one in the draft um, in the, the fifth, sixth, seventh round with all these extra picks they have. Now, it's funny you mentioned Rob Gronkowski. I think that it would be an interesting fit. Now – Coaching staff changes. There are a couple. I'm kind of – oh, there's three I want to discuss. Edgar Bennett has been the wide receivers coach since 2018. Is there time for a, a, a new voice for that position? 
I don't think so. I mean, wide receiver coaches stay around for, for quite a bit. Um, obviously, Josh McDaniels is comfortable with them. He's one of the few holdovers they kept on the staff. Uh, everything we heard when, when the Raiders hired him uh, out of Green Bay was that he was well-respected around the league. Um, you saw the year that Devontae Adams put up. He, he got production out of Matt Collins. Now that was mainly due to snap counts um, where he didn't get these kind of snaps previously in his career. But um, Edgar Bennett's been able to get some production, out of, whether it's Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, Matt Collins, um, some of these guys. So it, it's not like they've had guys come in and be complete bus or just unproductive professionals. So I would think that he would stay around. Now, Frank Oakham is a defensive line coach and Antonio Pierce is a linebacker's coach. Considering the, I guess, lack of talent at linebacker, do we give Antonio Pierce a pass? I think they probably will. Um, now, Antonio Pierce was a, a good professional football player when he's due with the Giants. He's coached in colleges at Arizona State. Uh, he's had some defensive coordinator experience. He's been an assistant coach or a defensive coach in the NFL. So I think you just have to give him more to work with. Um, obviously, Denzel Perriman missing a ton of time, Diablo missing a ton of time, and then you're basically running out there. Oh, and Jayon Brown missed a ton of time, and now you're running out undrafted and street free agents. Um, the Langies of the world, the, the Mastersons, the, the Darian Butlers, like that that's the cupboards bare. So I would think that they give him another year. Now, Frank Oakham is interesting because I think that the Raiders should never have parted ways with uh, Brenton Buckner. Do you think, two-part question, that they give him more to work with next year as far as the defensive line, or does he have to kind of work with what he has? Well, let's hope they give him more to work with because if they don't, it's going to be another long season for the Raiders. They have to get defensive tackles on the interior that can get after the quarterback. They need another pass rusher opposite. Uh, Max Crosby. It, it took Chandler Jones a long time to get going. And then really outside of the one game where I think he had three sacks, he really didn't do much the rest of the year. And he's going to be a year older. So in an ideal world, I know the cap hit sucks on Chandler Jones, but he should probably be a part-time player and shouldn't be out there for as many snaps. If you could get younger, a more dynamic pass rusher opposite Max Crosby and then use Chandler Jones as kind of just a veteran mentor you know, if someone gets injured, then you're okay having him be the rotational guy that can step in and, and start some games. But we're probably towards the end of the line of Chandler Jones' career. Um, but outside of Max Crosby, the Raiders don't have much. That interior defensive line uh, was not good this year. You know, Andrew Billings was a surprise. I would expect him back. You know, he, he had a pretty good year. But they got nothing out of Matthew Butler, nothing out of uh, Neil Farrell Jr., uh, who were the two draft picks they invested in. So those guys need to make a jump. I don't think their roster locks next year by any stretch either. Of any of the free uh, undrafted free agents that made the roster this year, are there any that should retain a spot for next year? I'm, I'm going to surprise you. I think the one that probably has the inside track, and it was one that didn't play as much, but towards the end of the year, I think Isaiah Palomau um, showed a lot. And they used the, they had packages for him where he was playing nickel back or he played some deep safety. He covered some tight ends. He, he played some special teams. He's got that size where, where you can use him uh, in a couple of different roles. He was used as a blitzer. And I, I think he's got a chance. I, I would think they'd upgrade the cornerback position to the point where I think Sam Webb is going to be on the outside looking in. I, I would hope that they add enough linebackers to where one of the two, either Butler or Masterson, probably won't be on the squad. I would give 
the edge to Masterson at this point just because he played more, had more experience, um, and played a little bit better on special teams. But, you know, maybe one or if not both of those guys might be in trouble next year. So this roster just needs depth, and the Raiders are going to have 11 draft picks before, you know, that's that's assuming they don't get anything for Carr or they don't make a trade with someone else in the roster. We might be, we might turn around. They may have 15 draft picks by the time we get to the draft in April. Uh, and you would expect a large number of those guys to make the roster and they're going to make the roster over some of these marginal and fringe type guys that were, they were hanging on this year. Exactly. Now you tweeted about Northwestern tackle Peter Skaronsky. You you broke it down. Explain what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, I, I I'll also add. I, I watched Paris Johnson yesterday, and, and in my opinion, and I'm not an expert by any stretch, I think Skaronsky's the better pro prospect. I think he's wow. safer. He's cleaner. Uh, I I have a lot of questions about Paris Johnson. Whereas when you throw on the tape of Skaronsky, like it's technically sound. He moves his feet really well. Once he gets engaged, he, he he's a good run blocker. Uh, he's really good in pass pro. The only concern you have with him is he has 32 inch arms. I think what, what I found online was like 32 and three eight. So let's say, let's say 32 and a half inch arms. There is not a track record of successful starting left tackles with that size arm length. Rashawn Slater was at 33. Um, and like the four recent examples I found over the last five or six years, the Sam Cosme's, um, the Riley Reese, those kind of guys, they all moved to right tackle. So Skaronsky to me is you could plug him in from you're getting a day one starter that's going to play 10 years in this league if you put him at left guard now do I want to take a left guard at seven that's another conversation we can have but I know what I'm getting it's safe it's technically sound like he doesn't need to do anything you just plug him in and he's going to be a 10-year starter in the NFL Paris Johnson is the complete opposite it's it's a really long athletic frame he's got really good arm length he's athletic you can see him on the move. He has flashes of being a dominant run blocker. But what I saw from his pass blocking leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he, he got guys got into his chest too easily. And for a guy his size, I never I watched three games and I never saw him anchor where the guy starts driving him back and then he just gets his weight into his lower half and stops the guy. And he just kept getting dr- driven back by guys that were much smaller than him. His hand placement was all over the place. He could have got called for a lot of holdings. He didn't. And I, to me, I don't want to say this because it's going to sound bad, but like when I was watching his college tape, I saw a lot of what was bad with Alex Leatherwood, his rookie year with the Raiders. And like, I, I would just stay away from that kind of player. And with this new regime, and when they start mixing and matching all these offensive linemen, if you want a day one starter that's going to be a really good pro, you take Skaronsky and you let them figure it out. And you say – put him at left guard, put him at right tackle. I know Raider fans are not going to want to do that because they don't want to move guys around. But like, if we're going to be taking an offensive lineman in the top 10, he's not going to play left tackle because you already have Colton Miller. So you're going to have to move him or you just, you're going to have to take guys in the second, third, fourth round who aren't as good. But Skaronsky's tape is really good. So it's tough to do that. Now, would I take a guard? I probably would go somewhere else. But from the guys that I've seen so far, like there's really a, there's about four or five guys that really separated themselves. And then basically after that, it's a crap shoot, unless you want to take a cornerback because I, there's issues with the edge rushers. There's issues, like I mentioned with the offensive tackles. Um, and I probably wouldn't take Anthony Richardson at seven. Um, I'm assuming the other three quarterbacks are going to be gone. So then you're sitting there and it's like, it's either corner or take the really safe offensive line. 
I did a little research more to Cam Smith, and uh, I love Cam Smith. I yeah, I what surprised me most was the makeup speed, the ability to just track down the ball and and the ball and the potential ball carrier. When I look at somebody like Akili Ringo, he's fast, but if you look at a lot of film, he did get torched on an elite defense in college, and I wonder how that's going to translate. But yeah, right I now think... I would have a I would have a Christian Gonzalez one, Cam Smith two, and Ringo probably four or five. Like I, I don't think that Ringo is the prospect those other two guys are. I'd go Devin with the spoon for Illinois one, Cam Smith two, because just for simple fact that. I was there. I saw him play Wisconsin live and where I was sitting in a press box. Whew, he is tackler. He's a decent tackler and he's good in coverage. I, uh, but at seven is too high. I, I just can't, yeah. can't justify it. It's, I it's too high. I haven't seen him, so I don't have him on the list. So I've, I've only looked at those first three guys. And like, I didn't even right. put Ringo three because I'm like, I'll find another guy that I like better than Ringo and put him in three. That's why I pushed Ringo down, even though I've only looked at three corners. I like Joey Porter Jr. better than Ringo. I mean, it's Ringo yeah. has all of the physical skills, like, you know, he, but just his approach, I don't like. It's, it's, it's a lot of laziness and it's a lot of, okay, I'm fast. I'm just to, just to get there. Even technically sound, some some of his technique just that back pedal doesn't look as smooth. His ability to turn and run looks good, but it seems that he has to take an extra step to to get around to get the the run downfield. But that's just me. I would add, I did watch Porter. I like Porter, but I think he needs to be in the right system. He needs to be in a system that plays a lot of cover one and cover three, where he's working vertically. Um, or you, you cloud him and you, you just have him cover a short area. My problem with him is he's so long. He has long legs. Like it's really hard for him to make quick cuts and, and slow down in transition. And then a lot of times what you see is he's so physical, but he's hanging on to receivers. So when a guy's running an in route, like he's not running with them, he has to grab them and hold them so that he can make the turn with them. And he's going to get called for a ton of penalties if he doesn't clean that up in, in the NFL. And I just saw guys – they were able just to get away from him, run across the field um, from him. So if you're in a man-heavy scheme where you're asking him to run all over the field and cover all these different route patterns, you're probably going to be in trouble unless you want to see a ton of flags, holdings, pass interference, legal contact. If he's work, if he's in a cover three like a Gus Bradley system where he's basically just working vertical routes, he, he can work vertically. There's no problem with that. My question is when he has to slow down and change directions and keep up with some of these guys, can he do it without grabbing on the guys? To me, to, I agree with you. He seems like he has that long cut, like a Richard Sherman type of build. And that, I mean, those quicker. I think he's going to run well, too. So I, 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 think, I went Antonio Cromartie. I see a lot of Antonio Cromartie. Maybe not quite the athlete Cromartie was, but longer corner that can run, that, that has length and, and can, can test balls down the field. It's the shorter stuff I'm concerned with. How can people interact on social media? What do you and our guy Dwayne Douglas have on Put On Raiders? Yeah, they can reach reach me at our home twenty two. It's R H O L M twenty two. Um, getting a lot of questions on some of these draft prospects. I, I've only done probably four or five, where you know so I, I watch a game or two of them and just give a quick brief synopsis on them. 
Um, I think eventually maybe I'll put a board together of the guys I watch and that won't be everybody. I'm not going to watch, you know, 50 guys, but maybe 15 or 20 that might be, you know, discussed in that top part of the first round, just to kind of get an idea of who the Raiders might take. Um, but uh, as far as to put on Raiders podcast, uh, we, I don't know if we're, we're recording this week. We, we should have some interesting stuff coming up around the combine. I won't let the cat out of the bag. Um, but we should have an interesting in interview lined up uh, towards the end of February. That is that, that is going to be interesting. Now, shout out to you, Dwayne, for Ryan Holmes on Terrence Biggs. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Full Press Raiders podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.